Hello and welcome to the Talking Wednesday. This is a Jake and Jack episode. Um, Dex is busy. He's just got a lot of things on at the minute. It's a busy time for him at the moment, as he said last time. But we are going to be running you through this week's news and everything to do with Sheffield Wednesday. But as tradition goes, how your week been, Jack? Uh, it's been okay, and I, the way you introduced that with "Welcome to the Talking Wednesday," it's like we're inviting them into a pub that we're that we're running this the scuffed <laughs> little pub that we're running. Uh, and I'm only pulling you up on it because I know that Jake James would have been immediately down my throat, like, "Oh, why, why the heck have you let him say the Talking Wednesday, Jack, and not put podcast at the end?" Uh, so that's why I decided to say that. Hello, James. By the way, um, listening at home, uh, I hope you're having fun. I hope you're. I'm sure he's sweating because we're in charge of the episode again this week. But my week's I been okay. My week's been okay. You don't think he is? Oh well. No, I don't think let's he is. Make I think him he, I sweat. Think, I think, we, I think we've got a lot of trust from James. Yes. 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 Yeah, it's the but, Talking uh, Wednesday podcast. Yes. As I've just been pulled up on. Um, yeah, I'm glad you had a good week, mate. It's, yes, it's, it's been okay. It's been okay. How about you? How about how has your week been, Jay? <sighs> This I mean, I know been... privately, we've had lots of discussions about it, but what's this your week, public this, answer this to this question? My public answer, different to a private answer. Uh, this week's been stressful, um, mainly because I've done a lot of videos this week, and I just want the fan base to chill a little bit, <laughs> because it's a little bit... It's a, I'm not, I don't want to say it's toxic, but it's just a little bit out there, and it does... Normally, I'm ready for a first game of the season, and I'm excited. And I think the way this pre-season's gone, everybody's on a bit tenterhooks at the minute. And I understand it because it's been chaotic as anything I've known. For a Wednesday, this is high up there with being doing a Wednesday, we say, because it is that kind of thing. But apart from that, it's been good. Uh, just been trying to set, sort things out in here. Getting things planned for the start of the season, working out things to do with babies, aka baby scans and timings and all that kind of stuff. But it's been good. I'm I'm at that point where I'm ready for com new computer games to come out as well. Uh, like we mentioned last week, I'm I'm hoping the FIFA beta I'll get picked this next week. I can play that like I did last time. Um, well, EA Football Club, but you know what I mean. Um, Trying to get things sorted and organised. And I think that's sometimes where my downfall is. I'm not very good at organising. I can organise these and videos and everything like that. But when it comes to everything else, I'm a bit rubbish at it. And it's something I need to really improve on. But I'm getting there. Uh, but like I say, it's, been, it's just been a weird week in that sense. But we'll do housekeeping. Socials. We are on... Twitter or X as it's now called, whatever Elon wants to call it, the week by week. Uh, we, we've got TikTok, we've got Instagram. Uh, Discord, if you want to become into Discord, message James when you become, and it'll open up some slots. Membership options are on the channel. We do Talking Wednesday Extra, where it's a video where we have ideas and thoughts of what we think. Uh, it's been really good doing them. Uh, we Like we said, we do have a backlog to do. We are going to get through them very, very shortly. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and not to put any pressure on James here, but I think the next one to come out is mine, uh, which 
I'm sure a lot of you that watch will find absolutely hilarious. It's effectively me ranking my top 10 tin pot clubs uh, in the country and not being shy about saying why they're such tin pot clubs in my eyes. Because you know what? A lot of people seem to think that I hate every single club that isn't Sheffield Wednesday, but that isn't actually true. I do have respect for a lot of clubs. Just to, can, you, can you see I'm covering my backside here with a little yeah. bit of like, don't worry, I do respect other clubs. I mean... You know, I do, of course. This, but is, this is why we send him. Send uh, this is why this Twitter. is why they send me on the Twitter because I don't care about any sticker I get. I just bat. I just hit hit it back like a tennis player, you know, or like a squash thought, player, should I say? I thought you were going to make know. a cricket reference then, considering you're playing cricket, are you? Well, yes, yes. Uh, um, can I just say as well? I find it so funny, right, that the Oppenheimer movie, the movie about the very first nuclear bomb ever made, has has released in the same week that the Wednesday fan base has gone up like a giant mushroom cloud with radioactive toxicity. What is this? Is this some sort of little like planned thing? Oh, let's celebrate the release of this movie about a nuclear bomb with the Wednesday fan base going off like a nuclear bomb. What? What is that? Anyway, yes. Yeah, sorry. It, it it it's it, how it is. It's, it's how it is. We don't uh, want to get into club politics as we're calling no. it too much. Because reviews, you know. please leave reviews on all podcast platforms of choice because it does help. It's like the algorithm thing for podcasts, uh, like the like and sharing, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you leave a five star, it will get read out on the podcast, and we'll you'll get praise indeed from us for saying how good we are. Or, Whatever. Most of them have all been good. I think we only had one like it was like really sarcastic, but it was funny. <laughs> but um shall we get into the match reviews then, which is basically uh, pre seasons. Yeah. I think we should don't... read the one star reviews out as well. That might be really funny. No, we're but not no, reading no, re- one star no. reviews. <laughs> um but we played Donny Rovers on Tuesday night. Do you wanna take this one? Uh yes. So the match review which is titled, of course, by Sheffield Wednesday's official article, Wednesday edged out at Rovers. Wednesday's penultimate... Pre- I'm going to read this fully like an audiobook narrator, by the way. So so I hope you've got your little cup of Horlicks. I hope you're all nicely tucked in under your, under your duvets. But Wednesday's penultimate preseason game ended with a 1-0 reverse at Doncaster. Every player in the squad got a run out at the Eco Power Stadium in a contest that ebbed and flowed at both ends throughout. A draw was probably the right result, although for the managers, the only thing that really mattered was extending the fitness levels of the players ahead of the new season. Cameron Dawson's stunning save from Tommy Rowe illuminated a first half shaded by the hosts. Earlier, Callum Patterson was thwarted by Jack Senior on the line, after which Doncaster posed the greater threat up to the break. Rhys James executed a perfectly timed block to keep Rowe at bay, and there was little in... Uh, incident of note thereafter in the opening 45 so yeah pretty 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 end-to-end pretty pretty boring game quite frankly that first half both sides refrained from commonplace mass changes at the interval and wednesday did look the livelier will volks drilled a low hit wide and wait what yes will will volks drilled a low hit wide and only a brave senior block at close quarters kept out a fierce josh windass volley but just as it seemed the Owls would strike first, Rovers stole ahead on the counter on 73 minutes. Tyler Roberts showed quick feet and a turn of pace down the left to tee up Luke Molyneux, who planted a firm header past Dawson. 
The expected changes arrived in the second half, and Wednesday finished the friendly fixture with a completely different team that started. Rio Shipston went close with a thunderous shot from just inside the penalty area, and that was as close as the Owls came to a leveller. And that's the match review. It was so, in a dramatic fashion, uh, so enjoy, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm This game was weird when I watched it, because we you could see certain things that we were trying to do. And again, I'll say it now, it still feels weird calling Rover Stadium Eco Power. I'm so used to keep it, calling it the keep mode, but that's what it is. The thing is, the first 45, I thought we looked okay, but they were more on top. They have more of it. And one of the things I've noticed is when we're playing it out from the back at the moment with Cameron Dawson, it's not fast enough. It's too slow. It's too labored. And you can tell that the thing is, we are used to playing it out from the back. It's not, it's not like we're not used to it, but I think it's a different way of playing it out from the back. And I think it's taking a while for to get mm. it right. Um, I think second half, we did look, that first 15 minutes, we looked a lot better. We looked like we were going forward. We looked really good, but then it dropped off again. It dropped yeah. off really quickly. And I've noticed that a couple of times. Like the Wednesday lineup with Dawson, Glover, Iortha, Femiwo, James, Folks, Bannon, Johnson, Patterson, Windath, and Gregory. And then we brought on Charles, Byers, Fuser, Ockerwenny, Flannelly, Shipton, Kadamartry, Adatoro, Shaquilla, who just signed last week, who was mm-hmm. uh, the youth in Cook, and Smith. Now, the thing is, I the thing that really annoyed me was the goal, because it was a free header. I know it pre-season doesn't mean anything. It's all about fitness. But again, it was another one of those things where we conceded another goal. And it's like you were trying to look at it and go, are we really that bad at the back? And I, I don't I don't think it's a case of are we that bad, but I think there's some players who just don't take pre-season as... Like gospel serious and, yeah, and stuff like I that. Yeah. See, I think they see it as, as what it is. It's pre-season. Like, I think I they think, see it as a treadmill, and like rightfully so, you know. Yeah, just, like that's all it is, and I think that's how it should be treated as well. But I will say, Adatoro absolutely had another blinder. He's going under the radar at the minute, which I'm mm. happy, kind of happy about because he looks very solid. Um, he looks really good actually. But we lost that one, and we're like, right, we're gonna go on and face Luton now at home. Now. This game was interesting. We looked a lot better. You could see things were starting to progress with how we wanted to play. It looked faster in terms of how we attacked. We got a penalty early doors. Really good work by Callum Patterson. Uh, Patterson is doing what Patterson does. Just play wherever he's told and he's enjoying it. Uh, Really good spot spot kick by uh, Michael Smith as well. But the thing is, it it was one of those things where then after that, we then didn't take them long to get a goal. And it was really poor because the throwing came in, we didn't defend it well, and nobody got close to him for that shot. And I, yeah. I, I'll say it now, I reckon Dawson should have done better. I reckon he could have done better so. and got a hand, a hand on that. And this will bring up an interesting thing later on in the goalkeeping situation. 
But there was a really lovely path by Smith to pick out Delgado. Because Delgado started and looked really good and promising. He showed that turn of pace that we got told about by uh, Sisko. He showed that he got a good touch. Granted, it was a little bit heavy. But it shows if we can get in behind team, there's a chance. There's a chance of doing so. And I thought that first half, we looked very good. Uh, apart from the goal we conceded. Now, second half, they started off really well. Um, really good shot by Barry, uh, Barry even, uh, first touch. He nearly went on to have a second as well and just went wide. But the thing is, we were trying to make things going forward. Ashley Fletcher came on. You could see what the idea with Fletcher was. Um, but it didn't quite work work out. We saw uh, Johnson come on. We saw Glover come on. Wilk came on and made an appearance, which was fantastic because I think he definitely needs to get game time. Backinson looked good again, which I'm still quite shocked that I'm saying that. Uh, but we do concede, and it's a really floppy goal to concede. Uh, really poor by Iorfa. You don't play that, what I used to call the Rio Ferdinand pass, because it was a pass Rio used to play, and it used to get Man United and England in trouble. And you just don't play that across your back line. You just don't. And they read it, they, they got it all right. Adatoro, really good tackle to start with, but he just couldn't find the ball. The ball was just lost. And yeah. they square it in, and it's an easy goal to make it 2-1. Uh, but again, it's another one of those defensive mistakes. Both goals were defensive mistakes. The goal versus Donnie was a defensive mistake. I think at the back, we need to bring in some more security or something. I thought Adatora, again, played a really good ball to, uh, I think it was Wilkes, to go on the run. And there's, there's something about that play I like. And I think we need to harness that a little bit because I think there's a really good chance of getting someone who can do really well. But in this game, you could see what Wednesday were wanting to do. What do you think? Yeah, I think... And as well, just on the topic of the previous games that we didn't get the sort of result we would possibly expect in them, the manager has been running them into the ground in, in double sessions all, all the way up to the day before the game. Normally, players will get rested the day before and the day after a game to actually have mm. time to recover. The players did not have any time to recover between their training sessions and the Doncaster Rovers game. And possibly, it might have even been the same case for this game. But as well, the uh, the you actually got to see, finally, the sort of tactics that, that uh, Cisco is wanting to implement. And I... Yeah. I'm very excited about this because there were so many glimmers of some really nice football. And I won't lie, I have missed that over the last couple of years. It's not exactly been a very nice watch at, at Sheffield Wednesday, has it? It's been rather uh, ra rather drab. I'm thinking of that. Do you remember the, uh, the first season in League One, the televised uh, home cup game? I think it was against Preston. Mm, it was either oh. Preston or, or Plymouth. No, Plymouth. Plymouth. And it was, yeah, yeah, and it was just so bad. And I just can't wait to actually finally have football worthwhile watching, uh, you know, worthwhile to watch 
again. I think I think I think you've also got to remember though, in League One we had a certain tactic to get out of League One. Yes. As, yeah. as it was. And I think the first season in League One, we tried to do attacking football. We didn't really pull it, it off yeah. well. Uh, we were leaking too, goals because of it, yeah, weren't we? So it was too attacking for League One. But yeah. then again, you look at then what happened the second season in League One. We go into the normal League One style of football, and everyone else then to went attacking and score lots of goals. Yeah. It was really weird. Um, so the Yorkshire Examiner has done the uh, player ratings for it. Uh, I will just go through the numbers. Uh, Cameron Dawson got a five, which I think is about right. Uh, yeah. He had some good save, but I I worry for I worry for Dawson. Uh, I do. I just I think he's good enough to be the number one, but I don't know if he's good enough to be Munich as number one. Yes. Uh, if that makes sense. Uh, Callum Patterson got six, which I thought was decent. Uh, he'd been really good since he's come back. He's even turned around and said in an interview recently saying that he was happy to get the uh, contract situation out of out the way early so he could concentrate on his holiday and not have it looming. Uh, looming? L- looming. Oh, yes, that's... Over Great ancient medieval art yes. of, of um, you know. Dominic Iorfa, six, look good. Apart from that misplay pass, he does have that in him, sadly, which is something I'd like to see us get out of his uh, game. But it is what it is. It's pre-season. I'm not going to read too much into it. Awitway got a six, look good. Femiwo got seven, uh, looked really good. Was very he, lucky He was a to standout for, to me as well, I thought. But he yeah. was also, like you say, lucky to be on the pitch because some of the he tackles... was lucky was, oh. to be on the pitch, as, yes. as was Will Volks in this game. They, yes. they both did put some crunching tackles in. Uh, but Femiwo looked really good. Uh, I think we're seeing what we could have seen like when he started at MK Dons. And I think the injury, he'd just been slowly getting back. We're looking a lot better. Uh, Will Volks got a six. Barry Bannon got a six. Um, it's interesting. Barry Bannon's an interesting one because Munez wants him to play a different way. Munez wants him not to have everything go through Bannon. And I think he wants him not to do much of the legwork and the running because you can still see Bannon still trying to do that chase every ball. And I think Munez wants him to have other people do that as well. Not it all go through Barry Bannon. Because we saw in uh, League One, people were doubling him yeah. whenever he got the ball. He took him out of the it, game and we took Wednesday out of the game. That's why. Yeah. That's, that's possibly also why we had to keep him playing long ball. Because they just sticked like two or three men on Barry Bannon and the creativity was gone. That was it. it so that's why we were go... playing awful long ball tactics. Because yeah. we had to bypass that, you know? There was It'll no playmaker. Worse when, in the championship yeah, if we don't as well. Exactly. Uh, he got a six. Bayer got a six. Looked good. Got an hour under his belt. Um, didn't really get into the game. But again, I know one of the players who are coming back from injury. And I think he you just can tell he was to... rusty. I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, Delgado got a seven. Delgado looked really oh. good for his first 45 minutes in English football. He looked very good. Oh. <laughs> if, if that the level of player we got and he can do that week in week out we could have some fun with him and we haven't even seen Valentin yet because yeah. by the sounds of it it sounds like he was just turning up uh with suitcases from the ground yeah did he have his suitcases Del- with me with him at the stadium or something yeah when he was uh, Delgado and Jay Glover were helping him with his suitcases uh, <laughs> uh near the end of the game because I think he just literally come literally to the off, UK. fresh off the plane yeah over to Hillsborough nice um 
Michael Smith got a six. He looked good. Uh, some really clever balls. I think Smith's role in this setup going to be interesting. Uh, Windass got a five. Uh, I don't. I, do, I just don't think Windass is one of the players that does uh, uh, preseason. He said it. He said it publicly. He doesn't care about preseason. No, he treats he it like it's a treadmill. <laughs> He's even said that. I think in an interview on that book. Is it a boxing podcast or something? Yeah. I think you it can, was on you, that. You can tell. And he was like, preseason's just a treadmill in it yeah. for him. So You can tell Josh Windass isn't up for preseason. He just wants to get. You can tell he'll fit really well into this system, though. Like, oh, yeah. and, he, and, and Cisco obviously likes him a lot, but. Yeah. Marvin Johnson got a seven, looked good. Uh, Marvin Johnson is still somebody I think we need to have a, mm. a cover for just in case. I know Delgado's there, but I'd yeah. like more. Uh, Backinson got a five. I thought Backinson did look good when he came on, but he just did, he just didn't have enough minutes mm. to go forward. Wilk came on, looked okay for the spells he did. A little bit of running, but nothing much. Fletcher came on, uh, bundled man over, tried to see what he was trying to do. You could see something. Glover... Didn't really do much in the game. Palmer came on, uh, looked very good, um, trying to get the ball forward. Shipton came on, okay. I thought Adatoro looked good for me. Uh, he wasn't at fault for the goal. He did try to cover the mistake. Uh, really good long range of passing he got. I think he won to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came on for a Whitway. So, on the really topic of Palmer, numbers. just quickly as well, my respect for that man has gone through the roof. Because mm. he's come out recently and he said he was playing for three months. At the end of last season, he was playing through the pain of a double hernia. Yep. And those things are horrendous. Like, the pain that you get just by just by standing up with, a du- with one hernia. Never mind a double hernia. And he was playing with a double hernia. For three also, months. Let's, just, let's like, just remember what he did in that playoff game. I know, well, right? Right near the end, which like, says a lot. And he did all of that with a double hernia. Are, are you kidding me? It, oh, my respect It just shows you how much he bleeds for the club. He bleeds, yes. Um, and I yeah. know a lot of people have been worried about where does he fit in a Munio team. I don't think there's an issue there. I think we're going to have him as not... I think he'll be 13, but I also think he'll know that he'll be a bit of quad rotation as well. But I also think... I see him as more of an anchor man, Like a playmaking think, yeah. anchor man sort of I think he's going to... I, I I worry for Will Volks in that position, actually, mm. because I think Palmer might take it, because I don't think Volks is sitting well in this system yet. Uh, so that'd be interesting. But we will go into the news. Uh, we'll gloss over this one, because we kind of did it last week, because we had deals that happened last week. Uh, but Paul Valentin had completed our switch. The Owls have signed Spanish defender Paul Valentin from Sporting Goljon on a permanent transfer for an undisclosed fee. As we said, he come in, uh, Fletch came in last week with uh, Delgado and Reese James are currently the people that we got in. Um, Sicko said, uh, Paul is a very good talent. He's a young guy. He's one of the important players we now have in our squad. He has a very good intensity. I know a lot about Paul. Not only to the football, but the personality as well. It's very good. This is important because I know exactly what he can give to the team. He was with me when I was very young with Gamakis. And I know he's been progressing. I followed his career and how he's been working in Spain. He's a good young player who can do very good things for Sheffield Wednesday. What do you think about this signing? I'm really excited about this. And he's he's 26, so he fits the whole, like thing that I had in my head about the age bracket of players we need to sign. 
granted Delgado when he signed it, you know, he's 30, but he doesn't look, he doesn't play like a 30 year old. He plays like a 26 year old from what I see. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, or have I just does. done the most like Mark Owen thing ever? It, not Mark he... Owen. That's not his name, is it? Michael Owen. Michael, Michael Owen. Michael Owen. Not take <laughs> oh, that. Michael not Owen. take that. He's say, the take that, that guy. Yeah. Not take that. Uh, I want you back. Uh, it's inst- oh, I'm so sorry for that. I don't know why I've just... What am I doing? I'm floundering. What was that? Not a Michael Owen. A Michael Owen. I've just done a Michael <laughs> Owen there. But yes, he didn't... He's he, he, 26 years old. Valentin looks very promising, I think. Mm. It's, I uh, think the it's, fact it's a that statement. he worked with him have well helped. I think you're going to get a lot of the players who come in now that have worked with Sitko. Uh, but 26, good age. Be, yeah, because of, because of the short sort of timeline that we've got, it sort of feels like that's what this summer window will be and possibly even most of the January window is we're getting in players maybe for the for the short term for this season or whatever and mostly they will be people that Cisco knows and who know his system like that because they've played in it before rather than say players that he next summer effectively will be the sort of window that we see the players coming in for the long term that he can introduce to the system but like in terms of new signings not hmm. current existing players um but I I'm excited I'm excited for Mr. Valentin. And February we'll will be really funny. The memes will be off the charts two weeks into February for this guy. Oh, you're going to have so much gonna fun. Be great. I'm going to have you? so much fun. I'm going to have so much fun. So, let us know what you think about Paul exactly. Valentin and yes. welcome to Wednesday. So, we mentioned in the Luton game and the Donny game that we probably need to bring in a new keeper as some sort. Now... This was uh, done during the game uh, yesterday that a rumour came out uh, from a really credible source in Italy. Is one that you get being dealt with a lot of the Man United reports and everything like that. Uh, but Sheffield went there apparently in talk with AC Milan over a potential loan signing of Dal- Dalves Vaquez. Italian journalist De Marzio says Owls are interested in bringing the Colombian goalkeeper to Hillsborough. The 25-year-old joined AC Milan from Club Galero in Paraguay last January, pending a three-and-a-half-year three deal. It was expected that Vaquez would challenge uh, for the number one spot from Mike Mangala with a sideline by injury. But Vaquez has failed to make a single appearance by AC Milan. He was called up to the Colombian national team for their friendly match against South Korea and Japan and yet to represent his country. When they are in the market for a new goalkeeper with David Stockdale having departed the club following the end of 2022-2023. Now, this player hasn't made any appearance yet and I understand why people are a bit like, why are we going for a keeper who hasn't done any appearances? But my thing for that is we need another keeper even if it's playing as a number two Charles isn't ready to be a number two yet properly uh it's just not now this keeper's had 16 appearances 12 appearances when he was at his former clubs um so he's done he's done a little bit of the actual like playing game time um he, he only cost about four four hundred and seventy k for 
AC Milan, so it was quite a cheaper keeper. But from what I've seen doing the YouTube clips, he looks quite good shop stuffer. What do you think? Well, I just want to also talk about the fact that so many people are having this meltdown over the fact that he hasn't made any games for AC Milan. Let me say that again. He hasn't made any appearances for AC Milan, a Champions League competing side. Why would newly promoted Sheffield Wednesday in the second tier of English football remotely be going after someone that would be making first team appearances for a Champions League qualifying Italian side in their top division? Can I... Hmm, you know, it, it does make a lot of sense because, and, and as well, you can't write him off because of the coaching setup that they have at AC Milan. Mm -hmm. That's just as important as whether or not he's made any sodding game time appearances for the club. And it's not like he's never had game time in his life. And I just don't understand, like, don't write players off until they've come to the club and actually shown you what they can do. Look at Lucas Zhao. Lucas Zhao's a perfect mm. example. Everybody had no idea who the heck he was. They said, why have we signed some some random name from some B-list Portuguese club is the general consensus wow. that was around at the time. No, I'm not saying that they're not that they are. I'm just saying that's what the Wednesday fans at that time were saying when we signed him. And look at what he did. Look at how great yeah. he was. Don't write a player off just because you personally a, a person from Sheffield has never heard of a player from from in the Italy scene, you know? Like, there's been I some have... real hidden gems that have never been heard of here that I... have absolutely set the world alight. So don't write people off until we've seen them ourselves, you know? I just remembered our, our goalkeeping coach is Italian. Yes. So I'm wondering if there could be someone he's that's spotted. The, yeah. I mm. wonder if that's the link. But... It's interesting because Sisko even actually turned around and said, because um, it's in a little bit of a story later on, but I'll put it in yes. here, turned around and said that this was the first time he's heard of us being linked with the keeper uh, oh. in his interview afterwards. So it could be a case that we've done something that's not properly gone through Sisko yet, but I'm... Sorry for is, my rant there, by the way, no, again, fine. but it's, you know... I think I think the thing you got with this one is that we need a keeper. We need a number two. Uh, the Axel Werner thing gone very quiet all of a sudden. Uh, a lot of the thing is a lot of the rumors and speculations that we've had, we've actually brought them in. They're in. Mm. They are yes. in the squad. Like, <laughs> like I think a lot of people will be doing. Does this person have a social media account like Instagram? Because mm. if he does, we'll find out like four hours beforehand because that's just the Wednesday way. Yes, um, of course. But I think if you're looking for keepers, someone who's training with AC Milan wants game time, that, that, that's the bit that gets me. If you're getting a loan in, they will want to be played. Of course. And that says to me, he may not have faith in Dawson. And I can kind of understand it if he's wanting a certain way to play. But I also think he's willing to give Dawson a chance to improve and get better and play to his style. But we do need a keeper. We do need a number two. Uh, because either way you look at our keeper situation, we've got Dawson, Charles, Jackson. Charles and Jackson are youth team players anyway. Mm. I, like, I like what I've seen of Charles. And I think there's a potential Sheffield Wednesday keeper down the line there. 
he he needs to bulk up a lot. Um, he's only but, a, he's only a wee little man though, isn't he? Bless yeah. him. He's six foot. He, he's six foot. He's six foot. Well, that got what? Where was that goal? Uh, the goalposts in one of these in one of the Spain preseason friendlies was making him look like this big. No, he's six foot. But he's six foot. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, Mate, well, that's just. I'm sorry, by the way, Pierce, if you're watching or listening at all. But the, the goal, what you need to have a word with where with with the manager about where you go for preseason games because that because those goalposts in Spain were making you look tiny, son. Um, but yeah, I do like the look of Pierce. He's uh, he's he's got a lot. He, he seems like he's got a lot of potential mm. and could, in like I don't know, four or five years, be our like number one. And and he, yeah, and the competition will be batting trying to get him out of the net to get themselves in, sort of thing. But um. Yeah, I do agree with what you're saying. Maybe he doesn't trust Dawson. And I will say that with the with the new system in place, Dawson, sure, he can play out of the back. He was he was doing that in League One. But again, it feels like he's playing out of the back at the pace of League One. Whereas yeah. in the championship, you'll have very pacey forwards that if you don't quickly get rid of that somehow, they will latch onto it and they will put it away. So that's possibly what he maybe thinks mm. it's a bit too slow coming out of the back. Um I said in it in a lot respect. of the games, preseason games, it needs to be fatter. It, it needs, needs to, to be, be like quick that. and sharp, yeah. Uh, and we haven't got it yet. But we do need a keeper. What this base, uh, I think there could be legs in this one that we could have a bit of a like, here you go moment when they hear this. The only thing I will say, when these signing vid- videos and the way they've been doing videos, I've been really impressed with They've been so sneaky. They've been just, they've just, just, just dribbled them in to like, oh, here's a preseason checklist ahead of the first game. Oh, it's a new signing. Oh! Yeah, it's like, been different. You'd it's have been to different. Watch them. It's been interesting. You'd have to watch them because nearly all of them have had a signing in. They- it's like <laughs> when they did the one for Valentin, it was like doing stuff for the um Yeah, the, the, the photo shoots, the yeah. team photos and stuff. And yeah, so keep keep an eye on them. But I have I have enjoyed watching the video packages that we've done. They do yeah. like they improve. But do we think that Vasquez will come in to Wednesday? Mm. We do need a keeper. Let's see this. If this happens, watch this face. Absolutely. So, Munez has had a really lovely phrase that I love after the Donny Rover game. The headline is uh, from the start. Sheffield Wednesday player liked learner drivers as claimed by Sicko. He demands Rick and stronger action. The Owls lost 1-0 at the Eco Power Stadium in which their third preseason friendly with a goal failing create much in the way of goal-scoring opportunity in a tight-knit squad continued to battle through the intensity scheduling training programme. It's hard for them because they are now thinking about what the coach wants and how they can do it, Sisko told the staff, stressing that we need to have patience. It's like the first time you go get in a get in to drive a car you have to stop check everything you have to think now it's normal for you you do things without stopping like this i think that's a lovely lovely way of describing wendy at the minute i'm not gonna lie i cannot agree with our jewels we we played against them doncaster and they were stronger in their action i'm not happy with the situation you look back we lost all the jewels this is the situation that's all some moments that i wanted but it 10 minutes or 10 seconds of what i want what is important, I spoke to the guys, it's about Jules. 
Right now, they are better, they run more, but we need more improvements in ourselves in our own situations. It may be it may be my fault because I want to change a lot of things in a short time and I need to understand. We will build a, a, a team built for good football, but it's eight time. I have told the players that it doesn't matter if they try to play, if they make mistakes. We learn in life through mistakes. If you play safe, you don't make any mistakes. It's nothing special. Now, he had turned around and said, I want players to make mistakes more than getting it perfect because they will learn from that. But I think that phrase about like driving a car when you put, I think that's a really lovely it way is. of describing Because I know exactly thing. what he means. I know exactly what he means by that. It's the, it's the overthinking. It's because it's not muscle. Like in time, when they get used to the system, they'll just have it in like muscle memory where they'll know. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Delgado's running down the wing behind me. They won't need to look and check that he's there. They'll just know and they'll just instinctually play a through ball to him or, or something like that. Or they'll know, oh, it's fine. I can pass this ball here because I know that they'll be there. Or I know that I can expect this to happen. Or Whereas at the minute, they're sort of like remembering, right, right. The manager said when I get the ball to do this. And by the time that they've thought, or thought it all the way through, the opposition has come and nicked the ball off them. As we've seen in the preseason friendlies. It's why the defences look so disorganised at times, possibly, because the defenders are going like, oh, right, oh, crap, right, it's not hoofball anymore under Darren Moore. We need to do this. We need to make sure that we're in these places. We need to make sure that we're passing to these people in this certain way. And it's not quite sunk into their muscle memory yet. So mm -hmm. it's the perfect it is the perfect analogy uh, for how the team are at the minute. And I love that he's saying, we need to make mistakes rather than we need to make sure that our levels are perfect because that to me it says that he's a coach it, uh, and and a, and a damn good coach will always tell you you need to make mistakes because that's how you learn from them it's it actually isn't isn't a great coach that will say i just expect you to be here why are you not here it, he's, yeah. he seems like he's the coach that wants to see improvement but doesn't do it through a through like a I want to say toxic way, but more like a like a having a go at you. It's like, right, okay, what do you think you need to do? And then based mm. on your response, he will then cater his coaching towards that. And I just, I think he seems like a very good coach. And I'm very glad that we've got him in, actually. The more I see of him, more than just that press conference, like yeah. the coaching side of it, I really like as well now. Um, so I think we've got a good, very good coach on our hands here. I, I yes. I was interested by the coaching staff themselves as well, of mm. how they were communicating, especially in the Luton game, uh, to players and how they want to do things. It looks like we are very much looking at zonal marking more than man marking. And I think the way he, he was shouting a lot at Barry, Barry Bannon, but I think he's trying to make him not play that role of run after everything. He's trying to make him understand. I think for Bannon, it, can, it might take him a while, but you will get there with it. Yeah. But, I do love this turn of phrase. I think it's really good. Oh yeah. Um, I have I have just found an article which isn't in the document, but I oh I've he's going wrong. rogue, guys. He's going I, rogue. I'd be wrong of me if I didn't bring yes, this up because I forgot to put it in. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday's <clears throat> accounts they are due in on Monday. Now the club have turned around and said that they are confident that they're going to get them in. That it's all going to get done. Um, they need to be in by Monday. They sh I'm hoping mm. they went in Friday because if they're not in, we can have some 
terrible things happen from the EFL. Oh, not again. Not having accounts not in. Again. Yeah, uh, we don't not want that. Again, I don't. Please. I don't want to say too much about it. It's mainly because our uh, the people who used to do our auditing stuff retired. Hopefully, the account will go in on Monday and all be done and we hear nothing more and we'll see the email, not email, mm. the Twitter or the or the website going, hey, here are our accounts and we'll go through the accounts and try yeah. and understand them as much as we can because they always do, they always blow my head out of the window because it's just like, it's so many numbers. It's like, we already know we lost 10 yes. million a season in League yes. One. So we'll see what happened. But I thought I'm I'd sure lots I... of people as well will just wait for Kieran Maguire, the, uh, mm. the the football accountant or whatever the heck he's called, he calls himself, to explain the whole lot because yeah. that, it seems it like a lot of, every single time they come out, it seems like a lot of Wednesday fans contact him to say, can you can you explain what the heck's going on with these Sheffield Wednesday accounts, please? And he then he seems to always do, he seems to always do a Twitter thread explain it all, yeah. explaining it all. So I, I don't know if you'll be one of them uh, that waits for that or if you'll try and get your end around it yourself. I know with how quick you are with getting videos out, you're probably going to have a crack at trying to get understand it yourself, aren't you? Yeah, and probably because you're up. <laughs> you're the sort of nerd who looks at like company's house like well in advance of a possible takeover of somebody just to see if there's been any little activity on there, just to try and get an inkling of oh has 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 an american consortium yet another sodding american consortium come in for this club or that club have they said anything on the company's house that's you jake that's what you do every time and i just can't wait to see your not- interpretation of these books before like the actual qualified experts <laughs> come out with their accounts of it <laughs> He's not wrong, but I'm also the person that looks on Sheffield City Council website for any oh, planning permissions near of the stadium, <laughs> just in case. Uh, of course it does. Because I am that kind of nerd, you said. You're that kind of nerd. <laughs> so, Sheffield Wednesday Chief Sicker Muniz issued passionate plea to supporters aimed in transfer hunt. This is from Xanima Live. Boss Sicko Muniz insists Sheffield Wednesday will need the support more than ever to achieve success in the championship. Uh, the Owls opened their campaign at home to Southampton. This was uh, done on Friday, a week today. Yes. Oh, I feel um, so good to be saying that we're in the championship yeah, again. It oh, does, it feels so nice. It's scary because of the teams that are in it with us, but it's nice. Sorry, as you were. No, Sorry no, to interrupt, it is. as you were. Um, so as of right now, we've brought in uh, Delgado... Fletcher, Valentin, and Reese James. Uh, he told the media fans need to understand the situation and where we are right now. Everyone is on our side. This is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they need to understand <laughs> that we are working hard to try and be good in the situation. If you ask me, can we reduce the process? We will try this idea, but everyone needs to try and help us. I need this, them more. More now. I think the club needs the, the fans to understand the process in three or four weeks that is coming. When the market is closed, we will see what will happen. It is an experience I need. Positivity on our backs, understanding that there are some young players playing. This is the situation. Now we need to start building this connection with the fans. It is now that we need more from the fans. When we win, we win. And when, when we win and win and win... No, now is when we need you more. This is when I enjoy will say this, guys. After Enjoy when this. When we finish the season, then we can speak about it. 
Netflix blew everything because they give it you now. Then what tomorrow and tomorrow. Again, another really good example. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. Really it's actually a really example. good analogy. Rather than £20 is still £20. <laughs> this is still £20. It's, this it's, is a, that is a really good analogy. Again, that's a really good um, analogy. I went to improve I love him. I love him. Sorry. But anyway. we need everyone going forward in this moment. Yes. I ask them, please help us. I will try to give in the future. But I think if they help us, everyone at the club together, it makes things more simple and try and change the situation in a shorter time. What do you think about this? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's it's, But it's so annoying that these... Like, that these positive messages from the manager are just getting ignored because of the overshadowing narrative that a lot of Wednesday fans are trying to push. Uh, to, I mean, we we are based on social media with this whole podcast and everything, so we see a lot of the social media side of things. We don't necessarily see a lot of the chatter in, like, other channels, let's call them that. And a lot of, the, and, and a lot of these social media channels have been sort of invaded by the same people that were quiet for so very long when we went on an unge- unbeaten run uh, and they've just been absolutely full on they've done a Ukraine to Twitter it's it's mental um, so all of that is drowning out, sorry Jake uh, <laughs> all of that I just saw your facial expression that was like oh no why has he said that it's like oh it's like when James the other week it was like oh no why has he made a German joke about Axel Werner's name anyway as I was saying Yes, uh, we don't necessarily see all this, and I think it's really nice that we get that we are promoting this story and what he's saying because it just mm. he will unite us again. I hate that I'm remotely hinting at that word. I, that word's a such a dirty word to me. Togetherness, togetherness. Yes, he will bring togetherness. There we go. I don't want to use the U word, um, but yes, he's he's bringing a lot of togetherness, and it, with time, that will take shape again. Um, things seem to live long in the Wednesday fan... Uh, seem to live a very short amount of time mm. in the Wednesday fans' uh, minds, it seems. So this is just another one. This too shall pass. I think this, you've this, got to remember this... that yeah. when we play Southampton, he will have been in the job a month. And that's yes, it. exactly. And yeah. the fact that the Luton game, we're now starting to see a little bit of things, what he's trying to do, shows how the team are actually... Mm. bringing on what he wants it just we're not the most patient of fan bases at times no most football fan bases are not patient yes uh we are not the most patient fan bases at times i think as he keeps saying we are two three weeks behind everyone else yes we're always going to be two three weeks behind everyone else with everything that happened this pre-season again it is the most wednesday pre-season to happen i won't lie it is the most mentally way of us doing a pre-season of course but at the same time we've had to deal with it we've dealt with it and exactly. we're moving forward uh just all i'll say is if you if you've got the whole thing of um the so-called people who want chancery out all that kind of stuff and we're not going to go into that because yeah it's that's your no. it's your own personal p- opinion exactly i understand why everyone got it but just back the manager and the players. That's all I ask. Exactly. Because that's the only thing we can actually encourage and help with because that's it. So As fans, that's all we can do. Yeah. That is all we so, can do. Unless we've I, got billions of pounds, then yeah. buy the sodding club. Um, but I don't think anybody that is a Sheffield Wednesday fan at this current time has that amount of money. So all we can do is support the players. 
Yeah. And the manager. That's the best we can do as fans. Sorry, I'm going on it. We said we wouldn't talk about it, and I'm starting to talk about it, so I'm shutting up. I'm, I'm cutting it off. We're moving on. So, yes, the next news story that Jake has asked me to read out, because it's very wordy, uh, yes. is, is from The Star, and it's that the EFL have made vital changes that will change how Sheffield Wednesday's championship games play out. So it seems like the EFL have, have been rubbing their palms together and all oh, they've been meddling in, 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 the, in the way of, that they run matches. So it seems like the, 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 it's not necessarily the rules, but it's just the, the, the manner in which games are approached. So mm. the first change is that goals and subsequent celebration uh, celebrations, uh, as well as substitutions, uh, so injuries and treatment time if required, penalties from moments. I'm go- you know what I'm trying to paraphrase, and I won't. I'll just read the whole sodding article because it's very confusing, in, in as the article. So. The article starts... Why didn't I do this at the start? The article starts... In an attempt to make sure that fans get to see more football and consequently get more bang for their buck in stadiums... Oh boy, who's written this? Uh, Across the country, the EFL have decided to follow the lead of FIFA when it comes to timekeeping. Similarly to how things went at the 2022 Men's World Cup and how they were also going at the 2023 Women's World Cup this summer. Oh, God, it's, I'm so glad we don't have to play Wickham anymore. It would be a 20-minute of the extra yes. time. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that was most of our extra times during the season as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Crikey. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> anyway, it's been explained that the exact time will be added when it comes to goals, celebrations, substitutions, and more. Uh, while the league will also be using a multi-ball system to further increase the time that the ball is in play. So, effectively... Extra time, hopefully, will be getting tightened up because so yeah. many people are always complaining at EFL games like, they've added how much time? Why is they added? Where's that two minutes when it should have been five or, or vice versa? Why is that five minutes when it should have been two? And, and whatnot. Uh, sorry if that's an offensive uh, interpretation of any football fans out there. That's just, that's just the, in, the in, uh, impression that came to my head. Anyway, in addition to that, the EFL have gone on to make adaptations with regards to how players are treated when uh, when injured, and the definition of the term obvious goal-scoring opportunity has also been changed, all of which is explained in the statement below. As the game collectively looks to enhance the amount of time the ball is in play in the forthcoming campaign, the exact time lost when certain game events occur will now be added. In previous seasons, the policy was to add on a nominal period of of time for certain game events. The events... Oh, well, that explains it. They've just said, oh, this has happened. Let's add this estimated period of time, not the actual time that it's occurred. So they're actually timing it now. That's fun. They haven't been timing the sodding events when they've happened. That's great. Um, Yeah, so that's why there's uh, goals and uh, subsequent uh, celebrations, substitutions, injuries and treatment time if required, penalties from the moment of the offence to the whistle for the penalty kick, red cards from the moment of the offence to when the player leaves the field. Uh, All of those are now actually going to be timed, and that actual official measured amount of time will be what's added, not just, oh, this has happened, let's let's just add the estimate of, of a minute or two minutes or whatever, um, alongside a more accurate allowance for time lost during the game, 
The EFL will also adopt the multi-ball system. Were they not doing that already? But uh, it, got so. out. it got took out. It got took out. out. Uh, oh, COVID. Near it, yeah. Yes. Uh, we'll also adopt the multi-ball system, which has been proven to increase ball in play time. Well, why was that not brought back in sooner? Given it, I, again, I think strange. We were just making anyway, sure everything was right. Yeah. So match officials will also be taking a more robust approach to dealing with clear, deliberate actions that are impactful in delaying the restart of play, with players cautioned if they are guilty of the following. Delaying the restart of play, failing to respect the required distance at free kicks. So, in other words, refs are actually going to punish those things, not just go, ooh, naughty boy. We'll see. them on the wrist. We'll because see. We will they were, see. They were because meant to punish, like, stuff. Uh, yes, diving, and, and they don't. And, and it's, they don't, and yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, so supporters across the game will be familiar with changes in relation to the calculation of additional time, with both the Men's World Cup in 2022 and Women's World Cup this summer adopting a variation of this approach. Okay, great. So, effectively, they're actually going to be punishing things that they should have been punishing anyway. And, well, they should do. Will they? Who knows? We'll see. Uh... It won't be a it wouldn't be a talking Wednesday episode after a game if we weren't complaining about the referee. It's a it's no. a long-standing habit of ours, and you know. But the treatment of players. This is a big topic on the article as well. Players who require assessment on the pitch for a potential injury will now receive treatment off the field of play, apart from certain circumstances, as laid out in Law 5 of the Laws of the Game. A goalkeeper is injured. A goalkeeper and an outfield player have collided and need attention. Players from the same team have collided and need attention. A severe injury has occurred. A player is injured as the result of a physical offence for which the opponent is cautioned or sent off. Or, so a reckless... Or Basically, the, the playoff final challenge uh, that was a red card. I won't debate this with you. It was a red card on Lee Gregory. You can be sad all you want. I don't care. Um... Uh, after the restart of play, a period of time, not less than 30 seconds, will be afforded for the player to be treated, and they will not return to the pitch before this period has elapsed. As always, the player's return to the pitch requires the referee's permission and may be delayed beyond 30 seconds if the phase of play is in the vicinity of the player looking to re-enter the pitch. So he can't come back on if the ball's like, if the, all the action's right in front yeah. of the injured player. Uh, in circumstances where the player declines the physio, if a teammate clearly delays or refuses to restart the game, that the teammate will be issued a yellow card. This ah, will promote okay. player safety, which is a, of paramount importance to the match officials, and act as a deterrent to players who request attention as a tactic to waste time or break the momentum of the game. Wickham are screwed. Um, ah, no. There you go. They might not be, because Wickham have a different change of manager. Well, there QPR, we go. QPR, on the other hand, might be, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, great. We'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, key law changes. Amongst the law changes for 2023-24, as outlined by the IFAB, is... That sounds like a Thunderbirds thing, you know? Yeah. It really does. Uh, it, the IFAB... IFAB. The IFAB... Uh, or is that... A, is International that a, Football oh, Association it, Board. Okay. Nice. Uh, is an, oh, so it's like the, the, the governing body of all the FAs. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I thought that was FIFA, but never mind. Anyway, carry um, on. Is, anyway, uh, there's so many organisations. Jesus Christ. Is an update on the wording of a denial of an obvious goal 
scoring opportunity as a change of an element of a previous guidance to offside law, which is law number 11, if any of you are law nerds and want to look this up. Go ahead. Um, so the denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity is now stated to be where a player commits an offence against an opponent within their own penalty area, which denies an opponent an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, and the referee awards a penalty kick. This is what will now happen, according to, according to this article. A yellow card will be issued if the offence was an attempt to play the ball or challenge for the ball. A red card will be shown in all other circumstances, i.e. holding, pulling, pushing, no possibility to play the ball. So if they're literally just playing rugby instead. Let's see um, if that one happens. Let's see. Well, holding we've and seen the amount of yeah. not been done, so we'll see. Exactly. We'll see the, we've, we've seen the amount of bottle jobs that have not given penalties over mm. every single league for those exact things. So... Uh, anyway, the additional wording means that whilst cynical non-footballing actions such as clear holding, pushing, and handball offences will continue to be sanctioned with a penalty and a red card, uh, where there is an attempt to play the ball or challenge for the ball, a penalty and a yellow card is the expected outcome. So to basically uh, eliminate like what people would call soft red cards, I guess yeah. that's the aim of this. Uh, regarding offside... The IFAB and FIFA have also clarified the guidelines for determining a deliberate play by a defender. A deliberate play is where a player has control of the ball and with the possibility of passing the ball to a teammate or gaining possession of the ball or clearing the ball. If a player is considered to be in control of the pass, attempts to gain possession or clearance, this would be a deliberate play. And the attacker is an... Uh, is and the attacker in an offside position should not be penalised for the offence. An inaccurate or unsuccessful action does not change the fact that the defender deliberately played the ball. Mm. If you understand that, please do clarify in the comments. I'm sure Andy will have understood it perfectly and will be roasting me in the Dexterity Box Discord for the fact that I that, that simple-minded simple worker has not been able to understand the wording of this but you know it there we I go think, so what, i think what we'll do is because this has gone very long this is this is this is yes but basically they are trying to make it so that the time that an offense yeah. happens gets done i think exactly. the whole thing it's been needed for a while i won't lie um but i will be very interested to see what happen with it because we've had these things before where it's gone this is the lord of the game we're gonna yeah. clamp down on this and it's not happening pushing shoving i think var in the premier league is getting all revamped as well which doesn't mean anything to win the championship but i think the whole thing of having these extra time it, it annoyed a lot of people during the world cup so yeah i can see this not going down well to a point but I understand why they're doing it. It yeah. does need to be something that gets. Uh, it sort of feels as well like you can out. clearly you could clearly tell in a lot of instances that they've just guessed at the mm. like extra time that they'd add on rather than actually timing the events that happened. Um, yeah. And I think this is trying to kind of get that out of the game because that's what so many people across the board clearly if if the FA are like changing the rules, people across the board from all sorts of clubs have been. 
yeah. um, have been kind of having a go at this way of going. I just can't believe that in the, today's day, today's era, they wouldn't be accurately timing events and using that time to give... Like, they've got fourth officials. They've got sudden VAR in the Premier League. Why are we... We, we, we were playing as though it was the 1970s or 80s with these rules. Like, Changes we've got the technology. Changes take to, a long yeah. time to happen. And I think that's one of the things that... Like, congratulations, the rules are finally in the digital era yeah. in this regard. Crikey. Like, yeah. But if you but, can understand this, all of this, uh, let us know if you can understand it better. Uh, the other thing I did see regarding this, I think one of the referees we had last season... Rebecca Welsh, I think her name is, uh, has been promoted to the championship. And if you don't remember that name, she's the one who gave the Oxford the penalty. The Oxford penalty, yep. Yeah, yep. So, oh, I remember. Um, yep. let's, let's not go too crazy. At the end of the day, she's got the promotion. We want to yes. encourage more women in the game in a exactly. refereeing standard. But please improve on your what's a penalty. Yes. <laughs> uh, but... This is bit where we get to the important things. We have a match. First game of the season. Southampton. Oh. At home. Under the lights. All the cliches. Live on Sky. There is a dexterity watch for this game. There is also a uh, Punch F41 in conjunction with Talking Wednesday pre-match thing where we're going to talk about the game the game going forward that's and everything that will be before the watch along and then i will redirect you to the watch along and then there will be my normal sheffield wednesday debrief which will be on the saturday evening yes and and you've even got a spicy little surprise for a grand total of five minutes at half time that i'm not going to reveal what it is but but uh Dexterity watch. I think it's dexterity watches. Yes, or, it is. Yes, dexterity watches at half time. Rather than just seeing the table, there'll be a nice little surprise at half time, just for all of you. Aren't you lucky? Um, but yes, yeah, Southampton. What but let's go. Let's go through Southampton preseason first because it doesn't really mean anything. It's preseason, but we'll go through it anyway. Southampton. I believe. I believe the Tim. words that I used in the document were preseason is irrelevant. Yes. So um, there you go. <laughs> So, Southampton got beat by Bournemouth 3-2. Uh, they beat Reading 4-2. Gorzipi, I think it's in Turkey, 1-1. And they lost to Benfica at St. James of Park 2-0. Now, their transfers in at the moment have been Shea Charles. Recognise that name? It's the brother of uh, Pierre Charles. So, nice. that'd be interesting. 12 point... 11... It's about 11... Point five yeah. million they'd pay for him. Plus, Man City have a uh, buyback on him, and Ryan Manning come in on a free. Uh, they've also had it that one of their players has agreed to go to Monaco for seventeen million. Mohamed Salus, uh, mm. and you've got the other thing. We don't know what's going on with Lavia, and we don't know what's going on with Ward Prowse. They have got a lot of players who could go now. Yeah. We're all looking at this, going, how are we going to be in this and how this is going to... I've seen people already say say we're going to get stuffed. I've already seen... I've seen a lot of things on it. Like, people have already had us relegated and we haven't even kicked the ball yet, right? If you, if you want to go through our pre-season friendlies, our pre-season friendlies have been a 1-1 at York, 2-1 versus Chesterfield, a 0-0 versus Real 
mm, oh, I could never say that. Mjokia? Rail, yeah. Uh, yeah. That one. <laughs> we lost 4-0 to CD LDNs. We lost 1-0 to Donny Rovers. And we lost 2-1 to Luton Town. So if you look at it, not great. But you actually look at when that fixture was, July the 8th. If we're saying that Munich came in on the 4th, he wasn't in that long. And he's managed. To, we're only just starting to see what happens. Again, we said it already. We are behind schedule. Yes. We are massively behind schedule. Whoever is always in the playoff is always going to be behind schedule. You do look at like Ipswich and Plymouth. They've brought in players. But this should be a good game. I am looking forward to the game being back. But I also have had this whole thing, like I said. I'm enjoying looking forward to championship football being back, which is very important. I don't have to listen to uh, Captain Pugwaff music in at Fleetwood anymore. Oh, no, nice. never again. Please, um, never again. But no offence, Nappers. Um, but we need to just show a good good account of ourselves. Don't go overboard when it's the first game of the season, even if we get smashed. It's first game of the season. There are 46 games in the championship, I think. And there's a lot of game to go. There's a long season. And we need to have everyone backing us and supporting us. Because the thing is, what we've got is, you've got to remember, if we if we got the whole of August to go, which is then we've got the transfer window right at the very end. But then in the middle of September, we have an international break, which is the one thing we missed from happen, having it at the time because we didn't have chance to rep players. We didn't have chance to work on tactics. Yep. It was all quick, quick, quick. I think this is going to be really crucial for us depending on what happens. What's yeah. your thought going into the first game of the season? Are you excited? Are you nervous? I mean, I'm, I'm more thinking of the season as a whole and I'm actually quite excited because also for the people, for the, for the, for the I'm going to call them naysayers. For the naysayers, think back to 2015 and 16. We just had Carlos in. Nobody knows what he, nobody knows really what to expect. He had no experience with in English football, unlike Cisco, who's had a promotion to the Premier League under his belt. Uh, and have a guess at how many games out of every batch of seven games. Let's split it up into seven games at a time, right? How many of those games, when we got to the playoff final, no less, did we win out of every each of seven out of every seven games? Did we win seven or did we win five? Nope. Out of every, out of each individual set of seven games, Go we off. won one of them. Wow. One in seven for was his stat for that playoff final year. One win in seven games, and we got to the playoff final. That's the average out over the course of the season, of course. But I will. I will. He won one in seven that though. first year. I will caveat this though. Yes. This is probably the hardest championship. Oh, of course. I've ever seen. Yes. You look at who's in this in this league this year. I think this is the hardest championship ever. Um, you've got Leicester, you've got Leeds, you've got um, Southampton, South Southampton who have all come down. You've got Sunderland who came close last season. Coventry, you've got Coventry are going to go yeah. for it again. Uh, Birmingham are completely different because they've been yeah. taken over. You've got Preston, the underdogs. You've the, got Ipswich who look lot. like the, yeah. they are signing some really good players. Plymouth as well who will come up. Mm. Um, it's it's a very very competitive league I would say yeah then yeah. we then we've ever known in the championship so I will just add that at that caveat because mm. uh you look at that 16 17 season 
Um, it was Newcastle, it was Brighton. They yeah. were tough teams. But it was Leeds, it was Norwich, it was Derby and Villa. Villa were still in there. Yeah. So there was tough teams in there, but it all, it all depends on how we start. It all depends on how we play. Exactly. Um, again... I'm very much looking forward to it. Again, I will mention it again. There is a dexterity watch for this game. Dex will be starting off the season with a dexterity watch. Um, we will be in the uh, chat of moderators, uh, probably doing cards and stuff like that. Yeah. And also, like I said, we are we are going to have a pre-match thing as well, which will be on my channel, which is Puncture 41, which will redirect you straight to uh, de- de- to this channel to watch the dexterity watch. But, I think that's all we got for today. Is there anything else yeah. you want to add to it, uh, uh, Jack? I, I would just honestly say that with everybody writing us off like they are, I I personally think that this, with the squad and the, the with the manager that we've got, with the squad that we've got, with the coaches that we've now got, I think that they're going to see that they're going to relish this. They're going to absolutely relish it and not see this instead of as a defeat or, you know, they're not going to have a defeatist mentality. They're going to think, right, okay, we're going to stick the middle finger up at all these people that are writing us off and saying that we're going to get relegated and all this crap before the season's even begun. I think that's stupid, quite frankly, to be saying that we're going to, we're just getting relegated. It's daft. Wait until we've kicked a ball. We With Carlos, that was an entirely new way of playing. It was, It's the mm. same scenario-ish with, with, with the manager circumstances being different, only in the fact of like, this one has got previous championship experience. Carlos didn't. And we were all thinking, oh my God, like, yes, new money, great. We're going to splash the cash, whatever. Because we haven't done that so far, that's mm. why people are saying, oh, we're getting relegated, yada, yada, yada. No, we're not. We had an entirely new system under Carlos. We had an entirely new ethos, and it took us until November to click. It probably will take us until November to click with this one properly. Mm. But we need to give them time. If the season isn't over, the relegation isn't done and sorted or whatever, and I can't believe I'm even saying it, but the relegation, it's not like we've got a points deduction this time round. We haven't. We're great. We're on the same level as everybody else, level pegging, points-wise, whatever. Like, give the boys a chance. Give give them a chance to click into the new system and get used to it. Stop I... saying, stop doom and gloom mongering, because yeah. it'll get you likes on Twitter Great, yes, we're getting relegated. Oh, look at all these likes I'm getting on Twitter now. Ha 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 Stop it. It's silly. Wait until we've actually played a couple of months into the season, then start trying to think where we might finish up at the end of the season. Sorry for the end of the podcast rant, but there you go. I think if when they have seen bits and stuff written about or more, stuff like that, I'd like Wednesday to use it as a chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Do, do what Plymouth did. Use it at the chip of the shoulder. Use it like everyone's wrote us off. Let's just show them. Uh, but I think that's all we got for today. Yeah. Uh, please be safe. Please look after yourselves. The season starts. Everything gets more exciting when the season starts. We are back in the championship. It's going to be a lot harder. But thank you for watching the Talking Wednesday podcast and listening to the Talking Wednesday podcast as well. We really appreciate your watching listens and we will see you in the next one. See you later.